holding the line against the darkness of tyranny. Always right with Bob France on AM 1420. The answer. You know, that is literally what they are trying to do in Ukraine right now. And that is spread the light of liberty and hold the line against tyranny. Hold the line against a dictator, against a killer, against a mass murderer, a marauder like Vladimir Putin. That's what's happening in Ukraine right now. Thank you for joining us. It's 935. All right, as promised now, um, we're about to take a very special phone call, and this is legitimate 100%. We are going live to Ukraine right now, where we are going to be joined by a Ukrainian soldier, a fighter who is not giving his real name. He has appeared on Fox News and very, very select few American media programs to give us a view from the front line, the battleground, uh, battlegrounds in Ukraine. He is going by the codename Casper to protect his identity, and he joins us now here exclusively on AM 1420, The Answer. Casper, thank you very much for your time this morning. Um, can you hear me all right? Yeah, I hear you. Hi there. Okay. Thank you for for coming on. I know you are um, you're you're endeavoring to you know inform the American people of what's going on because you know we only get second and third hand reports from journalists uh, who may or may not have access to some of the things that someone like you does. So as a fighter, being willing to give us the facts of what's going on there, we want to say that we really appreciate that. And I want to ask you. I don't know what city you're in, if you can disclose that or not, but what can you tell me about the conditions on the ground as you see them right now? Well, it's hard to tell. You see, I can't tell you where exactly we are situated in because it's confident. Mm-hmm. I told not to tell any confident information. So uh, the main problem is that our enemies, Russian military forces, are hiding right next to some important objects or just right next to people's homes. You see, uh, my comrades visited front lines only a few days ago. They tell me, "Mm, see, Casper, the main problem is we can shoot them because we will destroy the homes that situated nearby their position. Last time they they gone, they saw, like, they was watching in the binoculars, you see? Mm-hmm. Seeing the military vehicle standing right in the yard, covered by uh, some transparent, some rag. Firstly, they thought that must be the hay that people prepared for the winter for the animals. But no, then they looked down and see uh, six wheels, so it, it was like APC or something. Casper, that's uh, this is um, a tactic we have seen used in other places before. Um, you know, particularly in, mm-hmm. in you know along the Gaza Strip, uh, there have been Palestinians launching rockets into Israel from schools and from other places where, if fire is returned then the narrative becomes, hey, you're targeting schools and you're killing people, uh, killing innocent people in schools. So that's what you're saying that the Russians are doing. They're firing at you from positions where you can't fire back or you will harm civilians. Yes, I'm telling exactly that. Not only that, uh, recently I saw a footage from Mariupol. The Russian tankmen were standing near... uh, 
much uh, near a flat. Near a usual Ukrainian thing. So there was an old man. He was just going, minding his business. He saw a tank. He rose his hands up to draw attention to him so he won't get shot. And then tank just blasted him. Innocent man got blasted by a tank for no reason. Um, we have heard reports um, of the Russians targeting civilians. That was going to be one of my questions, but I think you just answered it. They used a tank to fire at an individual civilian with his hands in the air. That's that's what you're witnessing. How yes. often? How often yes, are you I... seeing these atrocities against civilians, Casper? Uh, personally, I saw this footage once. It was recorded on a drone, Ukrainian drone. Uh, recently, I saw the car that was moved, that was smashed by a tank with a family in it. Wow. Are no, they, nobody are they targeting? Casper, uh, I apologize. There's a delay since you're all the way on the other side of the world in Ukraine and yeah. we're here. So I apologize if I talk over you, please. Uh, it, we, we will get through that. But what, what I wanted to ask you is, are the reports of them targeting not just individual civilians, like you just described, or a carload of civilians, but there are some reports that they are targeting things like schools and civilian neighborhoods and maybe even yeah. hospitals. Um, is, is that happening to your knowledge? I, I can answer that for sure. I have a close friend, close friend of mine. He lives in Kharkiv. Kharkiv is mm, one of the city that has the most Russian-speaking population in Ukraine, you see? Mm-hmm. So Russians told they are going to save Russian-speaking civilians from Ukrainian Nazis or something. That's all lies. He just, a few days ago, he sent me a video. He just standing in his room, in his flat, on ninth floor, I guess, He's just filming the out, outside of his house, like showing me where the last mine dropped, last airstrike or last artillery strike, showing me the smoke, then turning his camera to the flat that is just across the road, and it got blown. Just, in, just like on his eyes, on my eyes, we saw that both. Um, that is not to talk about schools, not to talk about uh, hospitals. Everything is go- go- going to blow up. Everything is everything is a target, is what you're saying. And I'm I'm, I'm having yeah. a hard time even yeah. processing this and what it's like to experience that. For if you just turn the radio on, we are talking with a Ukrainian fighter, a soldier named Casper, who is live in a Ukrainian city that he will not disclose right now. His code name or his nickname is Casper. He is uh, of course covering his true identity. Casper, um, I asked you about conditions on the ground. I want to ask you that again, but I want to ask it in a more specific way. Some of the reports that we get here in the United States are that Vladimir Putin and his forces are getting increasingly frustrated by the slow pace um, with which they're advancing through Ukraine, and that your fighters are fighting so hard uh, to stop them that this is this is much harder on them than they thought it would be. Are Ukrainian forces getting stronger in holding the lines, or are the Russians starting to make stronger advances into your cities? No. 
I can tell you for sure we're growing stronger. I can tell you why. We are fighting for our land. They don't know what we what they are fighting for. And we are fighting for our land. They will lie to all Russian military forces were lied to when they were going to attack us. You see? What were they told they there were doing? Many, what, what lies were they told uh, that they were doing? Uh, many of them complain that they are just conscripts, that they, they thought they were going to, to train. But I think it's all lies. There are many professional war fighters that were in Syria, that were in Donbass, so they now come in here and destroying our cities. They were prepared for this, but not too well. So we can manage this. Can you tell me? Can you tell me what the mindset of Ukrainian is? I, I, I've been admiring from this very long distance between us ever since this started the courage of the Ukrainian people. You have celebrities and wealthy people in Ukraine who could just get onto a plane and get out of there, and they're saying, "No, give me a uniform, give me a weapon. We are going to fight to defend our country." It's 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 an incredibly inspiring thing, as dangerous as it is. Can you tell me about that mindset that the Ukrainian people have? Uh, this is our home. We are fighting for our home. We must protect it. I'm very pleased that it's happening, that we have so confident people that stay here, that are fighting, that many Ukrainians that were abroad come here. I also admire the help of free fighters, like from all, our, all around the world that come in to help us. Because uh, Ukraine is the last frontier between Russia and Europe, as, as I used to say. So if we lose, I don't know what will happen to the Europe. We must fight. Of course, Casper, I, I can say I can say another thing. May I say it? I think we have a lot in common between, like, you Americans and we. Ukrainians, we there, there is a line in our anthem. Dušu i tilo mi položem za našu svobodu. It goes like we will lay down our souls and our bodies for our freedom, because without freedom, life is meaningless. That is incredibly powerful, and and I agree. It is a it is a is a view and a and an opinion. In a mindset that we share, um, freedom is worth dying for. Otherwise, um, what is the purpose of living? So, what is it that you desire, or as you talk to some of your colleagues, or just you know civilians, other Ukrainians, what what is it you desire from the United States? We have issued sanctions to try to stop Vladimir Putin. I understand we're providing weaponry. Uh, we just greenlit billions of dollars to help you in that regard, but. The American American mindset here from a military standpoint is, is if we go there to help you fight, we end, end up in World War III in a, in a true war against Russia, which is something we're trying to avoid. How do you view that? Do you think the United States needs to do more to help you? Well, I think I can remember the close friends of mine, the Godless Ukraine team. They helped us a lot, so if usual 
American wants to help Ukrainians, he can go to them and help them, so they help us. As for the global thing, well, our skies is our main, you see, liability. There are a lot of Russian planes, a lot of Russian rockets flying to our cities, destroying our schools, our hospitals, our homes. If we can control that, the war will not be a thing anymore. I think the main, the main what we need is some fighter planes and anti-air systems so we can protect our skies from our enemies. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear you kind of clarify and express that because that is the, the talking point here and the discussion point here is how can we help you control and patrol the air without actually directly involving Americans and American fighter jets uh, being in, in confrontational yeah. situations with the Russians. We will do it ourselves. You can just help us. No involving. I admire that so much, uh, because that is something I think we can do, and I think that when your President Zelensky speaks to our Congress here today, and he is doing that today, we are told, uh, th- uh, through a conference call, uh, that is going to be the question of whether whether or not American jets and uh, fighter jets uh, and MiGs should be sent to Ukraine or sent to Poland to supplement uh, what you can get from Poland in order to let you do it yourself. That is something that I think can be done. But what if conventional warfare... Um, Casper, um, is not enough to settle this. The, the, the conversation that we are hearing now from Moscow is the question of at what point Putin might consider using nuclear weaponry against you. Is there a fear of nuclear weapons being used on the ground where you are? We didn't, as for the usual soldiers, we don't know what to expect from Putin, from Russians. We don't know, certainly, but we will do our best to protect ourselves. Do you believe that NATO nations, even though Ukraine is not a part of NATO, and that, of course, is one of the reasons this is an issue, but do you believe that NATO countries will come to your defense militarily, even though you're not a part of that alliance? Uh, for now, I don't see a necessity in that, but... If they will help, we will we will ally them gladly. There are a lot of experts, military uh, experts in the United States, that say if Vladimir Putin does begin to threaten using nuclear weapons in this battle with you, that NATO nations are going to have no choice but to be involved, and that would include the United States as well. I hope it does not come to that, obviously, but uh, I, I certainly hope that you know that there are millions and millions of Americans whose hearts are with you and who are supportive of you and want our government to support you in any way we can, probably just shy of being involved in a direct war against Russia. Um, what message would you like the American people to know from from the ground in Ukraine? Well, the enemy is not so scary as, it, as we as we firstly thought. There is nothing unbearable here. So, if we will stay together, all the countries of the civilized world, if we still to stand strong and stay together. They won't do anything to us. They won't harm us in any way. 
Let me ask you one final question, Casper, and I cannot thank you enough for giving us the viewpoint of, uh, you know, from the front lines in Ukraine. I'm trying to imagine what we would do here if we saw foreign tanks rolling through American cities and troops uh, killing and blasting and shooting American citizens. I, I can't imagine waking up one morning and looking outside each day and seeing destruction all around me in our cities. Can you put into words what that feels like there? Because you're experiencing exactly that. We can't imagine it here. What can I say? It's, there's nothing to describe it per- perfectly. I guess you should, exper- you know, you shouldn't, but you have to experience it yourself to just to understand how it feels. It's undescribable. But you see, in the country where is everybody has a gun, I don't think it's an issue because if everybody stay together, we can fight back. Look at our opposing force, for example. Ukrainian Territorial Defense Force, for example. They are plain civilians. They're fighting with, I don't know, hunting rifles and of cocktails, but they pushed the enemy back. A lot of columns were destroyed by simple civilians. Like you and your neighbors, everybody can do a difference. I think you uh, just gave a remarkable answer to an impossible question, because you're right. We can't imagine it unless we experience it, and there are no words that can really explain it. But I'm so inspired to hear you say that the enemy is not, uh, uh, you know, uh, unbeatable. The enemy is not as threatening and as fearsome as, uh, as they appear to be, and everyone, if they join together, can protect that land. Casper, I thank you very much. I know it's very difficult for you to be able to talk to American media like this. Thank you for putting yourself at risk and for keeping us uh, uh, up to date on what is going on there. God be with you all. Thank you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.